This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights, with your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Rutgers Rant, our picks pod edition for the Indiana game. Rutgers heading out to beautiful Bloomington, Indiana to play the Hoosiers. All right, so last week, I many people have pointed out that I correctly picked the score of the Rutgers-Michigan State game, but uh, had them in the wrong order. And some people were poking me on the Twitter in the middle of many other things I was getting poked at on Twitter. People were giving me the little, give me the business there. I'm also going to point out, though, that is still what we call in the business a cover for me. I am now 5-1-1. One, one. I'm in first place alone. I know that doesn't this no one this doesn't make anybody happy. I've been wrong with the wrong winner the last two weeks, fellas. But Vegas don't care. That's all I gotta say about that. As long as we're taking personal accountability. Last week I roasted Luke Fickle for not kicking a field goal and covering the spread when he was doing that game winning drive. I gotta do it to Greg Schiano back. You have the ball, there's seven minutes left, you're in field goal range. You got a field goal for the cover. You got an absolute cannon of two cannons of a leg in Jay Patel, Jude McAdamy. All you had to do was kick a nice little 35 yarder, seal the cover, remain undefeated against the spread. And he didn't do it. Uh, I got to say, uh, shame on you, Greg Schiano. Sorry to do it, but we're an equal, equal opportunity podcast here. So I got to take some medicine myself, too. There you go. So, yeah, I don't feel great about being in first place. I don't. You know, you guys have gotten you guys are seven and oh, what's it called? It's called straight up. Is that what the, the, the terminology is? It's also for people who, you know, don't gamble. That's what that's called straight up. But yeah, sorry, you're chasing me. You're chasing the, me now. The record that actually matters that coaches actually care about. Uh, yeah, the win, which is why the, yeah. <laughs> quote unquote wins and losses is what they call that. But not here. Not not for the point, not for the degenerate gamblers among us. All right. Indiana, we I think, Brian, you correctly called this a can't-lose game. The best way to put it, right? Explain your thoughts on why this is not a must-win, but a can't-lose. What's the difference? I'm glad you brought this up because I promised this explanation last Thursday's pod, and I just didn't do it. And I've been thinking about this a lot this week. So uh, this is a great example because we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum depending on the team. 
This is a must win for Indiana. Indiana must win this game to salvage its season, to salvage Tom Allen's reputation, to keep its bull hopes alive, to make sure the ship doesn't absolutely sink lower than the Titanic and everything goes completely off the rails. They must win this game. Rutgers, conversely, cannot lose this game. Indiana is in an absolute tailspin. You are on an upward trajectory. You're a win away from a bowl game. Everything gets harder from here, so this is your one really good chance of locking in that bowl game. And of all the positive momentum you've had, so much of it will stall if you lose to Indiana, which is an absolute dumpster fire. So it's a cannot lose. You cannot lose to Indiana, and Indiana must win against Rutgers. So a real battle, a real clash, uh, the two dichotomies of college football right here. I'm fired up just talking about it. should be a great game. <laughs> Pat, you agree? Absolutely, I agree. Uh, you just look at, at last week, the way things turned around and the way Rutgers rallied in that game felt like they knew that it was a must-win game. The season flashed before their eyes. They salvaged that situation. And now they're going to go into Indiana. And everyone knows what's at stake. That was Shiano's quote. They're not oblivious. They know six wins will clinch them a bowl game. They know what's in front of them. And the opportunity is there for the taking. They're a better team than Indiana, point blank. And they just got to prove it. So I completely agree with Brian's take. Just say, can't lose this one. It is amazing though that be- Rutgers is a better team than Indiana now. But <laughs> I looked this up, I didn't realize this. But Indiana has won five of the nine games in the series, which to me, really, that was when this became like a four alarm fire for for Rutgers program wise. When when Indiana had ad- outpaced you, when you're losing forty one to nothing in Bloomington, uh, the worst and still what remains the one time in my life I wanted to jump out of a press box window during the, the lightning delay in Bloomington, Indiana. I still get flashbacks to that one. But, I mean, that just goes to show you, I mean, that's where that program was. That was, I mean, they were a legit, like, top 10. They finished finished number 12 in the AP in 2020. They are just, I looked it up, they were just 8 and 21 since then. The program has just completely fallen off the cliff. You know, Michael Penix, the quarterback for that team, is now Washington, a Heisman Trophy. That kind of what happens. You know, they just lost 52 to 7 to Michigan, rotating quarterbacks, Tom Allen on the hot seat. It is a pretty much a disaster. Yeah, that's a great example of what a generational quarterback who can win a Heisman and a great offensive coordinator who I believe is now the head coach at Washington, Kalen DeBoer. They, those guys were together in that 2020 season. They were a big mm-hmm. reason Indiana was so good. So all you need in college football to be good is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the country and a generational young up and coming offensive coordinator. It's not that hard guys. It really isn't. That's it. That's all you need. To your point, like I try to get Greg to talk about this and he didn't because it's a one game season. Indiana and Rutgers have been battling somewhat at the bottom of the big 10 East during the 10 years that it's existed. And to your point, I think for Rutgers to establish itself above last place in the hierarchy of the division, you've got to beat Indiana. You've got to be above Indiana. If Rutgers doesn't beat Indiana on Saturday, they will finish the Big Ten East era with a losing record against every team in the division. This is the only chance they have to salvage a 500 record against anybody. And considering how bad they were during the worst parts of it, like that's that's a pretty big achievement. You could also go four and six against Maryland, but I think that's a bit that's a bit deceiving because Maryland was a lot better than Rutgers for a lot of the, the time they were together in the division. But anyway, I think there's a lot more at stake besides the bowl game. It's to show that you are not the worst team in the Big Ten East, that you have surpassed Indiana, and uh, that you're in a upward trajectory. And honestly, that Indiana success that you mentioned was fool's gold, but you got to prove it on the field. They've won two in a row against them under Shiano. You really got to hammer it home and make it three in a row. 
All right. So without going too deep into the weeds here on what's going on in Indiana, Pat, Tom Allen is rotating quarterbacks. That never works, as we've learned here. Fired his offensive coordinator. See, it feels like we are. This is 2022 Rutgers playing out in Bloomington. Is that correct? I was was just going to say that if you look at what Indiana is right now, just think, just flash back to last season at Rutgers, they're going through a lot of the same issues. Their offense is, is bottom five in the country in almost every offensive category. They're really struggling to move the ball. The defense like Rutgers last year, isn't, all that awful. Uh, the the statistics aren't great, but they do have some good players, some a, a pretty decent front seven. But there are a lot. The way that they're rotating quarterbacks is is a very familiar storyline. Firing the offensive coordinator to hope spark the offense is a very familiar storyline. It's very interesting when you look at it and the parallels. But Indiana's been stuck in this rut the last couple seasons, whereas Rutgers brought was able to bring in Kirk Shiraka as offensive coordinator and solve a little bit of its offensive struggles. And that's why you're seeing this little resurgence for Rutgers. So, yeah, I think uh, when you look at Indiana, you can just think back to last season and all the worst aspects of Rutgers that unfolded is what's unfolding in Bloomington. And they've got an interesting decision now. So Kim, uh, sorry, Kim Allen, that's someone else. Tom Allen has a $20 million buyout in his contract. You just read Greg Doyle, the columnist, Indianapolis star wrote about this and the decision they're obviously Indiana is doesn't care enough about football to eat that much money. Uh, But next year is down to 8 million. So they're in this weird, weird weird situation where, you know, the the program's just kind of, kind of, you know, float along, I guess, until until they can get the money to to make the change. You know, I wonder that the same situation out there if they're struggling for NIL money. I mean, it just seems like this is a historically bad program in a historically or in, in a spot where it's about to get historically bad. Um, that said, you mentioned it. The defense isn't that terrible. They were they led Michigan seven nothing until that kind of fell apart as games i wouldn't put that under scares we debate what's a scare in college football that certainly was not a scare that, that feels like a Rutgers familiarity as well right yeah. taking early lead of michigan yeah uh this is just the game where Rutgers has to come out and, and punch indiana in the face early and just take this one and take it easily and I, I you know it's 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 establishing things on offense it's getting the running game going it's doing what Rutgers wants to do it just can't the thing that cannot happen this can't be a field goal touchdown kind of margin in the in the fourth quarter. That that's how I would look at this one. You guys agree? So there's a guy on Twitter. His name is Stats of War. He breaks down every college football game in like very hyper specific analytical things. We don't have to get into the weeds here. What you need to know is that blue is good and red is bad. If you look at the Rutgers Indiana graphic, Indiana is almost entirely red. They are god awful at quite literally everything when you look at the advanced analytics which obviously don't win football games, but it's a picture to show that this is a Chris Ash-esque team. And what did good teams do against Chris Ash-esque teams? They beat the ever-living life out of them. (laughs) That's what Rutgers needs to do against Indiana. They need to just absolutely demolish them. I have to think that these guys are at a point in the season where any little bit of adversity will absolutely make them crumble, make them think, why am I doing this in the first place? That's what Rutgers needs to do to Indiana. Basically, take away their soul, take away their will to compete and uh, kind of run away with this. Of course, Pat, we thought that was the case with Michigan state and they were up 24, <laughs> six. Did we not? Brian is like, uh, uh, how do I, how do I put this properly? Uh, he's a hyperbolic guy. <laughs> like <laughs> it's all in just, with this guy. Like you're just now reaching that conclusion. With I really, uh, I, I've, it, yeah, it's taken me a while to get to this conclusion, but like, 
Brian is one way or the other, and there's nothing in between. I can see like why the spread is only five and a half in this game. Uh, you know, um, I don't. I'm not ready to be like this is a Chris Ash error team at Indiana. I, I I don't think they're that bad. But the bottom line is Rutgers. The good teams establish their identity early on against lesser opponents. You're 100% right that that's what they have to do. Rutgers has to be able to just show that this is to put its strength out in front of everybody, uh, establish the run early, shut down defense, get a couple turnovers and and put this one away at halftime. Uh, the opposite of what we saw last week against Michigan state. Brian's Yelp page just would be like, either it's the greatest meal he's ever had, or this, I wouldn't feed this to my dog's worst enemy. That's like, the, <laughs> like there's like, there's two levels of when, when he's going restaurant reviews. It's great. Yeah. That's why we love you though. I'm a very passionate guy. Yeah, very passionate, very strongly opinionated man. I mean, that's what that's what we do in this business. We take art. Red or blue? You're red or blue. Like, you are red or blue. There red is or no, blue. You love no the gray. graphic. You are the red or blue guy. There's no purple. Is that the combination of red or blue? <laughs> yeah. Not very much of an artistic guy. We went pumpkin uh, carving last night. You should have seen my pumpkin. It was uh, you went wait. You went pumpkin carving. I did. There's a annual pumpkin carving contest at the Asbury Ale House. I went out and uh, I carved maybe the most basic pumpkin. The um, how do I say this? The Rutgers offense of pumpkins just very vanilla, very. Uh, it gets the job done. Pumpkin. Did you have teeth in the pumpkin, or is it a smiling pumpkin, a happy pumpkin? Uh, yes. Oh. It looked it like it was sm- pumpkin. It looked like it was smiling. At least that's what I was trying to do. I was smiling making it, which is all that matters. Okay, you need to text me a photo of the of the pumpkin. Yeah, did you take a photo of the pumpkin? I didn't, but I just realized it's in the trunk of my car, so I better get it after this podcast so my car doesn't smell like a rotten pumpkin for the next three months. So right, get the pumpkin out. I'm gonna tweet the picture of the pumpkin. I want to see that. I want now. I'm very curious. It's, now it's been rolling around the back in the trunk of your car for the last the Kershaw pumpkin. The Kershaw <laughs> pumpkin. Put some head. Put a headset on that sucker. That's great. It's really well, nice. while we're talking about this, I actually do have a question. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have gone pumpkin carving before. I had no game plan going into this. So apparently you're supposed to carve it from the bottom and not the top. I that's what thought... the new fang, that's the newfangled pumpkin strategy. Yeah, that's what that's what the uh that's what the analytics guys are now saying about pumpkins. That's an old school pumpkin carver. You go right to the top of that thing. There's no you, you the, 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 there's a handle on that for a reason, right? I don't care what I don't care what today's fancy staff guys are saying about carving pumpkins. You got to get in there. And you don't have pat your kids aren't old enough yet. Well, let me tell you, you're going to carve some pumpkins, man. And the thing that the thing you have to remember is you're not the one car. You're the one that's scraping out the, the goo inside. That's the sure. father's job. That's sure. what that's what the man in the house does. Scrapes out the goo inside that pumpkin. Wait, so Brian, are you saying you cut the hole in the bottom so that all the goo just comes straight out? <laughs> you let gravity do the work. <laughs> that, that was the idea of this air raid version of carving a pumpkin. I should have went with the meat and potatoes ground and pound over the top. But you'd think that you just hold it up by the, the root and it all fall out. That's, that thing was, was all stuck. They gave us scrapers, uh, so I had to go in there and manually scrape out all the seeds, which is so many of them. I would not believe, like, we should have saved them, roasted the seeds or whatever, but we didn't. Just put them in a giant white bucket and sent it over. But, yes, that was the idea. Didn't really work out that way. Listen, you're going to be one know at the end of this pumpkin season, and that's all that matters. They picked the top 10 pumpkins, and my pumpkin was not even – they looked at it for maybe 0.5 seconds, and they said, all right, we got to – we got to move on from this. So I think I went 0-1, unfortunately. You didn't chop the pumpkin. I didn't chop the pumpkin. I chopped the pumpkin in the wrong way, unfortunately. What were we talking about? Oh, Rutgers in the end. <laughs> That's right. Should we make the pick? Or do, do you want to just 
Just we could just talk about pumpkins for another 30 minutes if you want. We could. I mean, I, I could go deep on this, but uh, yeah, I think you've gone as far as I could possibly go. All right, let's pick. Rutgers, Indiana. We got Rutgers minus five and a half. Wow. That's uh, that's interesting. Huh. Didn't that, that seems closer than it needed to be. All right, so I'm in the lead. I go first, right? Is that how that works? I haven't been in the league. haven't been in the lead in so long. I've kind of forgot how this works. All right. So as I say, I'm a little surprised. I, part of me wonders what Vegas knows that I don't know. But uh, as Pat eloquently wrote this week, the Scarlet Knights have a terrific defense. Indiana has a bad offense. The motivation is all on the Scarlet Knights side of this. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, the Rutgers has won back-to-back games in this series, 38 to three, just a couple years ago. I just don't see, I don't see this being close. And I'm, I'm a little surprised the line is where it is. And I hate that. I always feel like I'm the one who doesn't know what's going on. But I, I, I don't think it's going to be quite as wide a margin as it was in the last few years. But I really do th- think that Rutgers is going to win this game, win it by a couple touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to go Rutgers 24, Indiana 10 to maintain my lead in the standings. You guys decide who goes next. It's, n- it's none of it's irrelevant to me. I'm not looking back next because I know Brian's going to drop some absolutely crazy take of just how terrible terrible indiana is so let me go let me be the middle guy here (laughs) i will say this after analyzing the defense and looking at the numbers i'm ready to say that Rutgers defense is legit a top 15 if not top 10 defense in the country wow the the numbers are that glaring and it's not like they're playing seven wagners Right. They did play Michigan, held Michigan to its lowest total of the season. It played well against Wisconsin with Tanner Mordecai. I just think that the defense is really good and it's going to have that signature moment against an Indiana team that's really struggling offensively. So I predicted a shutout against Northwestern. It should have happened. I'm going to say that the dark side gets a shutout in this game. Wow. And the offense does what it needs to do um, and wins. 28 to zero. Wow. Okay. Bold. Bold. All right. Bold is for the brave. Brian. We're talking about hyperbolic, and you're saying Rutgers has a top 10 defense. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty what is a good comeback right there. That is, yeah, absolutely. I don't even necessarily disagree. I'm just saying, or, or, or I heard tra- trading some wild takes. I'll keep my numbers short and sweet. I looked at the numbers, I watched the film. I have one evaluation of indiana they stink they stink out loud they are a bad football team they are not good at football Rutgers, from what i could tell is not bad at football some would even say good so to that end i think Rutgers goes into bloomington has a pretty lunch pail kind of day does its job walks out with a 31 to 7 win over wow. the hoosiers bowl eligibility stamped and then we could spend the rest of the week the bye week uh, planning out our trip to Las Vegas, fellas. Las Vegas. All right. Before we go on, you've got to explain why you think we're not going to be planning our trip to the open air press, co- press box at Yankee Stadium in 14 degree weather at the pinstripe ball. Tell me why. Ve- tell me. Give, give me hope for Vegas. Well, pure optimism on my part. That's majority of why I'm saying this. And also, you call some Bull Scouts. Come on, call some Bull Scouts. Get some information here. Well, I looked at the way this is all kind of. It's, it's all very complicated, as you can imagine. And a lot of this depends on how other teams do. I think if you want to go to the, the Pinstripe Bowl, if that's your dream, if that's what you hope to see Politi freezing his ass off 
in the press box of the Yankee Stadium, you better hope that Minnesota makes it to six wins. Minnesota played in it last year, so they can't play it in it again this year because you have to cycle through them every three years or something to that effect. I have it written down in a story this week. So if there's no Minnesota, that's one less team to go to the pinstripe bowl. That's one more opportunity for Rutgers to go. Um, if you want to go to Vegas or Nashville, I can't quite remember. But Iowa and Wisconsin are excluded each from Nashville, Vegas, and another one, Phoenix maybe. Uh, they're both going to get to six wins. So that's good. My point is that it depends, one, how many wins Rutgers gets. If Rutgers gets seven wins, they're probably going to avoid the pinstripe bowl, I think. And it depends on how other teams do as well. So it's probably a little too early to be figuring out which bowls are going to. But the ones that we've mentioned before, Vegas, Phoenix, Quick Lane Bowl, Pinstripe Bowl, Music City Bowl, those five are probably the most likely barring uh, you know, an, an eight and four, nine and three season where they end up going to the Citrus Bowl, which I just I I know I'm optimistically about Rutgers. I'm not quite sure we're ready to go there just yet. I'll add this that uh, every week we've been following what the experts are saying where Rutgers is going to land in the bowl game. And it started off with like some wild card games. The Gasparilla Bowl was one there for a hot second, then Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which is the one in Phoenix. Uh, Las Vegas Bowl has popped up a bunch. But it, every week it just gets more narrow, more narrow and more narrow that everyone's projecting the pinstripe ball. I I really think that uh, we should be planning our trip to the Bronx, to be honest. <laughs> we don't have to plan the trip to the Bronx. Right, 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 right. We'll have to we just go to the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can get my get my parka and my my mittens, pound out that five observations with my mittens on. Be great stuff. All right, well. Or Christmas present exchange at the Pinstripe Bowl. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> Asking car pumpkins this week in Bloomington. And, and we'll do the, yeah, it's great. All right, good picks. No, you guys, I can't believe that you guys don't want to try to catch me. I'll, I'll be in the league when we start next week. They have the you'll only have four games to catch me. That's fine. That's good. We'll see what happens then. I like it. I like the view from the top. Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldridge is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldridge Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, the Heldridge lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Nights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. All right. Alumni game, Boomer Zoomer. You ready? You want to play? Let's play. All right. So we had an official, I got to start, we had an official protest last week. Apparently, uh, someone either is a big fan of Tom Sizemore or is fact checking the alumni game. Two things that I, I can't decide which one is weirder. Either way, I guess Tom Sizemore did not graduate from Michigan State. He attended uh, for a year. So now not only do I have, because you protested, Brian, not only do I now have to uh, just Google the 100 famous alumni from a school, I've got to then put the name into the Wikipedia to make sure that this, per. I mean, and just for that, it's going to get harder. That's what you get for, for protest. 
Well, now you also have to give me a public apology on the podcast for misleading and deceiving me because, and also for throwing the integrity of the alumni game into question, because now how do I know that every other alumni game didn't have, the Wisconsin alumni game didn't have graduates from Marquette? I mean, we have no rules here, apparently. So uh, I think every result should be reversed, frankly, and I should be crowned the greatest alumni game player of all time. That's what I believe. Pat, your thoughts on this bold statement? (laughs) I mean, you got to do better research. That's what it comes. We 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 ask the experts at at practice every week for words. Mm-hmm. We come prepared. Meanwhile, you're out here throwing throwing false info. It's like you have a finsta out there. Well, I'm just gonna say this because of this protest. I will say this that Indiana graduate Jeff Sagarin is not included in the alumni game this week. It would have been had you not been so picky about things being quote-unquote, correct in the alumni game. That's all I'm going to say. Heaven forbid I want things to be, quote-unquote, accurate and, quote-unquote, fair. Just know. Just know that that's the reason. It's going to be a little harder. Okay. All right, you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Pat, you're going to put that, I think this is either very easy or very hard. I can't decide. Going to put it at five and a half. Yeah, yeah. You know what? This is the week to go over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at that. Little tease there. Good stuff. For one point, can you tell me who... Indiana alumni alum Kevin Klein is. Kevin Klein. It's a one pointer. Kevin Klein? He's a very famous person. I know. It's I know the name. Oh, He's not related to Calvin, I imagine. Uh, I don't know. I have to Google that. I don't think so, but they're spelled differently. So probably not. It's K-L-I-N-E. K-L-I-N-E? Yeah. Kevin Klein. Is he an actor? He is an actor, yes. James Bond? No? Mm, no. A little mm. different than James Bond. No. Indiana Jones? Me. No, it's, uh, it's Harrison Jones. No. All right, we're not giving you this. I'm going to give you an X on Kevin Klein because I needed to hear. You're going to say, if you said actor and you said maybe comedic actor, you gave me something and I would have might have been generous enough. But no, Indiana Jones, that's not that's not close. He's been, he was in the movie Dave, Wild Wild West, Fish Called Wanda, character actor, many, many roles. number one. What? That was a That's hard, a hard number, number one. one. I agree. I, 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 I'm what? I'm even more confused now. You tell me it's where number he was one. In. If you Google the stupid list, the famous people from Indiana, it's number one. It's number one. What? When was he active? He's still active. He's still active. <laughs> active. Okay. Fair active. enough. Fair I mean, enough. His big movies are in the nineties. I guess. Wild Wild West. I remember. Yeah. Will Smith. Will Smith, he was opposite Will Smith. Fish called, Fish called Wanda. That's a great movie. Dave, he was the president of the United States. And Dave, all right, never mind. Okay, you just blew it. This is me. This is one. This is my fault for being culturally ignorant. It's not your fault for picking a hard. I will take. I will take. Unlike you for fudging the game last week, I will take responsibility <laughs> oh, for my what actions. Called the non-apology apology. I like it. All right, good. Okay, fine. Take responsibility. You get you wrong. All right, you can recover though. I think the next again. I think the next uh, either you don't. I don't know. Like, you think you get Kevin Klein? What am I talking about? All right, number two for two points. Can you tell me who Mark Spitz is? I was really hoping you were going to say Mark Cuban because that would be very easy. Mark he's Spitz is in the undergrad too, right? He is. He's a big yes. uh, booster, Lucky from what man. I understand too. Actually, I don't think he could be a booster because he's an NBA owner. That's besides the point. Mark Spitz is Michael Phelps before Michael Phelps, the ah, Olympic swimmer uh, who won a lot of gold medals for the United States of America. Nice job. job. Nine-time Olympic champ. Good job. All right. Nice job. Okay. For three points, can you tell me who Jared Fogle is? 
Indiana uh, graduate Jared Fogle. Jared Fogle got famous in Indiana as a student because he ate a lot of Subway and lost a lot of weight doing so. And he remained famous long after that for things I don't want to describe on this podcast. There you um, go. So. That's nice. That's good. Good job. Two. Uh, that's three points. Three points. Me, me and what? Five? He's up to five. Up me to and five. Mike Garofolo. Well, Mike Garofolo, before we went to the NFL Network, worked at uh, worked at our, our company. We interviewed Jared Fogle at um, the Super Bowl. And so there's a video of me famous person Mike Garofolo interviewing Jared Fogle at Super Bowl, Super Bowl row. So every time when that when that scandal broke, we're like, should we delete this interview? I was like, no, how could we know? You didn't get a vibe from him? A weird dude? I no. Didn't I mean weird dude? Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get um going to going to prison vibe. All right. Number four, four points. A little harder. Still famous person. Can you tell me who Jane Pauley is? Jane Pauley. She's not on the Jersey Shore, I believe. No, uh, that's that's yeah, different Pauley. That's DJ Pauley. D. Um is she a singer? She's not a singer, no. Incorrect. Sorry. Longtime host of the Today Show, Jane Pauley. Would yeah. not have gotten it. You looked so excited when I started saying, is she? Like you were like, Oh my god, is he gonna like, get it? He's gotta get it. Okay. <clears throat> All right. This one is t- this one is easy and tough. This one is a very I just I put it at number five because if I showed you the picture of this person, you would know who immediately who it is. The name, however, is kind of a bland name. So I don't know. Here we go. For five points and the win, can you tell me who Indiana alum Jonathan Banks is? Of course I know who Jonathan Banks is. He's a guy in Breaking Bad. He's a guy in Better Call Saul. He's a... Uh, what's his name? Yes. I can't remember his character. I can't remember the name. Mike. Mike. Mike, Ar- Mike Trout. Urban Trout. Yes. 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 Of course. Oh, oh, there you the, go. The most famous scowl in television history. Just like that, uh, that corner of his like lip lifted up. It's good. That was a good comeback, right? Pat, I did not think, and he knew exactly who it was. Didn't say, uh, is he an actor? Actor. <laughs> <laughs> nailed That's it, baby. Good job. You nailed it. Congratulations. That was a well-deserved win. Indiana week. You wouldn't want to know. Indiana season. The Indiana yeah. alums are as easy as the Indiana football team, baby. Let's wow. go. What I just did to the Indiana alumni game is what Rutgers football should do to the Indiana football team at Memorial Stadium on Saturday. Wow. I set the the bar pretty high, just saying. Ten Not points might be a season high. Could be. He's, I don't think he's ever got the fifth. I don't think he's ever got the five point one. Easily, easily the like the first time I broke in double digits. Yeah, it's good. Good week. All right. What do you got for me? I'm ready for my zoomer. My zoomer punishment. Uh, you want to go first, Pat, or you want me to go first? Boomer sure, crap. because I think my word is pretty easy, and uh, I'm not even sure that it's millennial because uh, it has been around for since you know I, I was coming of age. So the word is Stan. Yeah, no, I know what Stan is. Like you're like a big fan of something. I'm a like I'm a you know I'm a huge Bruce Stan, Stan right? Isn't that what it is? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Ah, That's right. On. That's right. Ah, it's That's easy. Right. Everything's easy. The game's easy. The the alumni the, the keep spoof. the trend going. That's good. All right. Okay. What's good what's job? Yours? Good job. Good, good job. job. Nailed that. Yeah. Good job. Uh, not good job by me. I gotta look up because that was my word as well, and we did not communicate. <laughs> <laughs> talk about it. Give me crap about not planning the podcast. Look at this. Wow, that's hour over crazy. Here. I think. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have not used this one. Okay, it's again mm-hmm. in the theme of Indiana. It's pretty easy. I did, found this within ten seconds of research. Yeah. Uh, do you know what it means to ghost someone? Ghosting. Sure. When you when you just don't reply to uh, texts, or you just you, you break up with someone, and you just don't 
completely ignore you. Just go away. You ghost them. Yes. Nice job. Too easy. Too Too easy. Very easy. God. That's good. All right. Can we can we can you stand in a sentence the way the zoomers use it? The way the zoomers, uh, I've got. I mean, I'm the. uh, It's uh, no, I can't. I got Mm -hmm. nothing. How do you use it in a sentence? We stand this. Oh, we stand it. You you verb it. I see. You verbalize. Yes, yes. You can Um, see. Yeah, I'm. I'm a total. I thought it was more of a noun. Like I'm a total swift stand. Swift. Swifty. That's a swifty. There's something. Yeah, stand rises to the level of stalkerish. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. From what I've read. From what you've understood. Okay. All right. Good job. What else we got? Field hockey. We got uh, we got a road trip. You're not coming, Brian. It's going to be me and Pat out there in beautiful Indianapolis, perhaps having a steak of some kind. And the Colts are home. So I heard it's going to be a hop in. The Colts are home? Wow. Colts are home. So it's going to be a hmm. hop in uh, weekend in Indianapolis. Good stuff. All right. I'm going to miss you guys. I'm going to be very sad when you guys send me photos of your shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's if you go there or uh, your burgers at Nick's English Hut in Bloomington if you go there. A lot of good choices in Indiana. I'll be I've sad to miss stayed you. in Bloomington. I've always stayed in Indianapolis, so but I, I don't know what that city, what that town's like at all. It's very nice. I went there for the hoops game a couple of years ago, walked around. Like I said, I had Nick's English Hut, which is an institution there. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff. I would recommend it to you guys. Um Candy stripe pants all over the place, which is the greatest warm-up pants in college sports. Some people disagree with me. Neither, neither here nor there. But I will be at Aquistas in Queens on Saturday. Apparently a popular restaurant for Rick, Richard Patino or Rick Patino, our friend of the podcast, Fooch. Talked about it incessantly whenever I bring up St. John's trip. So I will be going to Aquistas after the game. Uh, the game being the Rutgers basketball scrimmage against St. John's at Carneseca Arena at 2 o'clock at the same time as the football game. It will not be streamed. It will not be televised. Uh, you got to pay your way to get in. Go to Queens. All the money goes to the, the V Foundation, Dickie V, all that good stuff. So looking forward to seeing my first real look at how Rutgers looks against another team. Is Aquista's Italian for Cheesecake Factory? Because that's the only restaurant Fooch's ever eaten with me on the road. Just going to point that out. All right, what do we expect from this game? St. John's is pretty good. This should be a good test. Patino was kind of being coy. If we get blown up by Rutgers, you'll know we're bad. What do you think? What do you think this is going to be? These scrimmages are always kind of experimental. Uh, I think Rick Patino even said he's kind of throwing out different lineups and different uh, combinations to test things out. I'm sure Steve Peichel will do the same. I'll be looking at things that you can't really like. Are they shooting the ball well? I think that's something you can measure no matter who's in the game. Um, are they passing the ball well? Are they playing fast? I don't know if that's going to be a situational thing. I'm not going to take, you know, one big conclusion off of one scrimmage there, but just, you know, how do individual players look? How does Gavin Griffiths look? Does he look ready to play in a college basketball game against, you know, grown men that St. John's has? Like the entire roster is like second, third year, fourth year guys. How does he handle that? Uh, How does Cliff O'Mori look? Is he able to widen his shooting range? I think there's just a lot to, you can't take any big picture conclusions, but I think it'll be an opportunity uh, to see where they are with a couple weeks left in the season and uh, maybe recalibrate expectations. I do think that the consensus bottom five team in the big 10, 10th, 9th, 11th, that to me, until I see something drastically different uh, that would make me change my opinion. I think that's really where Rutgers is going to end up um, at best, at best on the fringes of the NCAA tournament. Okay. Wow. Kind of How about a uh, big man showdown, Joel Soriano versus Cliff Amori. Two potential of the big best big men in the country going at it in the paint. 
It's very good. Very good. Joe Soriano apparently has lost a lot of weight and uh, Cliff Omori looks bigger and bigger every time we see him. He's probably about a hundred pounds of pure muscle at this point. So um, yeah, that's a good call. Nice. All right. So you're going to rush back from Queens to go to the, uh, the field hockey game. Are they called games? Yeah. I feel like a game of the century. Number one, Northwestern coming to Piscataway. All of the tradition of Northwestern field hockey. I'm Googling it as I'm, I'm talking. All of the glory, the biggest opportunity to go undefeated Scarlet Knights. You're coming back Are to cover you that. You're going to be rushing back from Indiana is the question, Steve. The game's on uh, Sunday. Oh, you're also coming back. The game's on Sunday, right? Yeah, the game's on Sunday. Oh, oh, so you could you'll get a mail. So you'll have Saturday, all day Saturday to prepare. Gotcha. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Joke, but this is like legit. This is like the this will be the biggest game of the fall on campus and for two ranked teams. Absolutely. There's no question. Assuming they win Friday. Oh, that's right. Do they play Friday again? Indiana, right? No. Well, got to beat Indiana. Indiana can't be any good at field hockey. Can they? There's no, there's no advanced analytics. I don't know if they're all red or blue. My, they're not ranked. So my uh, it's up Indiana field hockey, Indiana field hockey. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, I'm pretty sure they stink. That's that's my evaluation. Rutgers has beaten them, I think, uh, eight of the last nine times they've played. Something to that effect. It's in the game notes. Ah, well, that's all you need to know. Yeah, they're they stink. They're five and ten overall. So this should be oh and five in the big. Oh yeah. So this should be just a tune up. Correct. In theory. It should be the game that sets up a warm-up game for the big one against Northwestern on Sunday. Yes. Right. And if Rutgers wins both, they will win a share, at least a share of the Big Ten regular season title, wow. which is a big deal. I mean, they just lost to Ball State field hockey. Come on. All right. I'm sorry. Ooh. Yes. A share of the – we're just all over the place in this podcast. Let's talk more about your pumpkin before we go. What do you want are to you know gonna about? Call, are you going to display it? Is there like a place where you can like put a candle on that and get trick or treaters at your apartment? Is there like? There's no real way for trick or treaters to come in. Um, yeah, gotta need a key fob to get into my building, and uh, I'm not inviting children to get candy for my apartment. So I think we're good there. But I can put it on my desk somewhere. I could put it in my living room. I could put it uh, wherever I'd like. I just don't know where I'm going to put it and for how long. Like what? What do you do with it after? Is my question. Do I just dump it in the in the, in the the trash can, like yeah, you just throw it away. Yeah, or if you have a composter at your apartment in New Brunswick, you can put it out there, and it will, you know, rot you itself away. Need to do a hippopotamus because they love pumpkins. Hmm. Interesting. What are the nearest hippopotamus to me? <laughs> uh, Bronx Zoo. You're going to Queens. There you go. There you go. Need the hippopotamuses. Here in suburbia, we've got like you know, you can't just put a couple of things out in your lawn to de- decorate. There's like. It's like a heated neighborhood battle to see who can put more Halloween-related crap onto their front lawns here. Let me tell you, it's tough. We got we got ghosts. We've got howling dogs. You push a button and this thing jumps out at you. It's crazy, the number of stuff. You go to that Spirit Halloween store. It's not just for costumes. It's for weekend. It's for weekend warrior suburban dads to buy crap to put out on the lawn. That's what that place is for. Are your children dressing up, Steve? Oh, yes, we do. So this is good. We've got two costumes going. My, my son, who's just on the borderline of being able to do this anymore is going to be the bomb the bomb uh, bird from Angry Birds. I don't know where this came from. It seems kind of dated. Uh, my daughter, this is great. My daughter is being Loki from 
the nice. Loki show, but only she's being Loki for president, I guess, in one of the many worlds that Loki. I've, we watched this show together, uh, and I have I just have no idea what's going on. Apparently, in one of the worlds that Loki was in, he was he was in a green blazer with a button that says Loki for president. That's who my daughter's going to be. Pretty specific costumes this year. Nice, nice. Yeah, no ghosts. We got no. We've got no ghosts or Batman or Superman or Elsa here. What about you, oh. Steve? <laughs> yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm probably not going to dress up, Brian. I'm 50 years old. It's never too late. What are you, Pat? You dressing up? No, not this year. But we got Julia dressed up as a lobster for her. Oh, that's, that's nice. It's nice. Oh, beautiful. Great. You, Brian, you got to like New Brunswick is a big scene. You're going to go out on Halloween? I might go out on Halloween. I haven't thought about – I always like wait till the week of Halloween to actually start thinking. And then I say, the next year, I'm going to take notes throughout the year of all the ideas I have. And then we get back to Halloween and I have nothing. So I might just go with my go-to. I've worn this maybe seven out of the last 10 years, a lumberjack. I put a flannel. I get a, I get a, uh, an axe, maybe do some chopping and, uh, and go from there. So we'll see. All right. Bring your pumpkin with you. All right. That's all we got this week, folks. Thanks for listening to our babble. Hope you had some fun with it. We'll be back after the Indiana game to either talk about a bowl or to talk about the worst thing that's ever happened in hyperbolic Brian Fonseca terms. Thanks. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.